You're listening to WBCALP 102.9 FM, Boston, Boston's community radio station. Hello, hello. You're listening to Never Give Up, where giving up is not an option. I'm your host, Rochelle Jones. And I just want to put a question on the table. Do you see your glass as half empty or half full? So let's not say glass, let's say life. Do you think as a person who is empty or full? So when they did um, a study between the glass half full and glass half empty, they said that most people who believed that the glass was half full probably tend to think a little more optimistically, right? And people who think that the glass is half empty is a person that you could describe maybe as they're a little more pessimistic, uh, they view things a lot more negatively, or maybe expect the worst, you know? And so we think about, you know, what is the condition of your cup? You know, what's in your cup? And when you look at life um, and, and the turmoils uh, of life, uh, you know, do, do you, are you optimistic or are you, are you pessimistic? And that's basically what it boils down to. But the question is, if you're a pessimistic person or you think the worst about everything, and there are people that way, and then there are people who are so optimistic that people feel like, wow, they're delusional. Like, do you get it? Do you, do you live in the world that I live in? And uh, so I don't know if I want to necessarily be balanced or if I'd rather be optimistic and, um, and, and let's see, you know, because, uh, you know, the way you think, as a man thinketh, that's who you are, right? So that's what you're going to produce. That's what you're going to generate. And so we want to kind of learn at, you know, well, how do we how do we fill our cup up? Like, wow, I never thought about it like that. You know, I find myself to be, you know, maybe somebody's thinking like, well, maybe I am a little negative and I probably could stand to be a little more positive and lie. Well, how do we begin to, you know, fill our cup, you know? And what happens to a person who's been half empty thinking for a long time? Sometimes you 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 tend to... Um, begin to see as you begin to speak, right? If you're speaking it, you're seeing it. It's like you're putting it out there because I know our, the words that we speak are so powerful. And it's like, you know, if I can say, wow, you know, that person um, isn't going to get better. Well, that the 50-50 chance that they're not going to get better or they're going to get better. So why not sway it to more optimism is like, wow, they are not only going to get better, but they're going to be even better than they were before. That's a lot more positive, a lot more optimistic. And if you really believe what you're saying, then you're going to kind of see um, the results. They say like the universe begins to shift to what you're saying, what you're speaking, right? I mean, I, I believe that we should have joy. Are everything around me joyful? No. But do I want 
the situations around me to dictate whether I'm going to be joyful or not? Absolutely not. Have you? It's like going on a long trip and you're in a car with pessimistic people, right? I mean, by the time that little 16-hour trip is over, who knows? I mean, if you're able to still be optimistic. So how we, who we surround ourselves with kind of helps, you know, fill our cup or, or drain our cup, right? And I, I don't want to necessarily be around people, uh, you know, sometimes impossible to avoid. But do we always want to be around draining negative people who are coming to kind of like cause us, you know, because then you got to keep pouring y- your liquid out of your cup into theirs, you know? So we kind of want to think about, well, h- how do I stop looking or being with a half-empty mindset, right? Think So think about it as if the opposite is true, right? Like, think about, like, okay, yeah, uh, I could be sick. Or you could say, I'm going to be well. It doesn't mean you don't feel sick, but it's simply saying, I'm not going to believe and be in agreement with that mindset of sickness, right? And I, I know somebody, uh, I used to say, oh, you want me to pick you up for church? They're like, well, I'm not feeling well. Well, you're not going to feel well whether you're in church or not. So you might as well be around. And I'm saying if you have the flu or something, but, you know, like my knee hurts. Like, well, I mean, your knee's going to hurt really probably anyway, you know. But, um, you know, at least you might have a better chance of, of being at least encouraged by people and strengthened by people. You know, don't take it to the extreme where you hurt yourself, but you kind of get what I'm saying, you know. Um, Another thing that I think can kind of keep your cup full is being able to look at some of the past achievements. Like sometimes, like, I, you know, like sometimes you might have to write yourself a rainy day note. When I became a teacher, uh, we had like our finale meeting um, at, you know, like at, at a graduation and at this last finale meeting before graduation, they had us write a note to ourselves. And they were going to mail these notes to us after the halfway mark of our first year. So like around January, the end of January, they were going to send these notes that we were writing to wherever we were. So, of course, we started, we're starting off optimistic. You know, so it's like, hey, write a letter to yourself. And um, and they, they kind of gave some parameters like, you know, write about why you became a teacher, you know, write about, you know. And so I remember, matter of fact, that reminds me, I'm going to go find my letter. But I remember reading this letter right now. You, you, you don't know the future. You don't know what September, October, November, December was going to be like <laughs> your first year of teaching, but here you get this letter to yourself, encouraging yourself, right? So encouraging yourself, writing a rainy day note so that when the rainy day comes, you have already have a note of encouragement in there. And I have rainy day notes, you know, that sometimes you pull out and you have to reread. I also have a portfolio of letters that people have written through the years or encouragements or prophecies or things that um, you know, reminding me, you know, of or thank you notes that people say, hey, thank you for just being you, for helping me out. You know, rainy day notes, things that you can look back 
to mark your achievement. Uh, could be certificates, could be things that you achieve to, to remind you that you are not hopeless, helpless, pitiful, that you have seasons of successes and achievements, you know, and you want to focus on those things. You don't want to continue to rehearse the things that didn't go well for you or the things that uh, you were not able to do or accomplish. Let's talk about the things you did accomplish, and let's be proud about it. I I remember uh, we putting our hand on the copy machine, you know, and we called it pat yourself on the back. And we would tape that hand as an indication that sometimes you have to be your own cheerleader. Sometimes you have to pat your own self on the back to tell yourself, well done. Stand in the mirror and say, girl, you did it. Boy, you are awesome. You know, because sometimes people forget to encourage each other. I also, too, want to be deliberate in encouraging others. That also helps me fill my cup when I'm able to call someone up out of the blue and be able to encourage them, right? I always told the Lord I wanted to never have lack because I wanted, if I was in a restaurant and I saw this family at dinner, I want to buy their dinner. I want to say, I want to bless this table. They don't even have to know it's me. Sometimes they don't know. But I like that. That fills my cup. That makes me feel, um, it gives me a sense of purpose. It gives me a sense of joy. These random acts of kindness, buying a gift and leaving at someone's door. I love that kind of stuff. You know, and we don't do enough of those type things. And so, you know, and it, and it leaves us with a, a dull view of the world. But if our world is going to get better, it's going to get better because we're making it better. It's because what are you doing to contribute to this world being safer and a better place, a more joyful, peaceful place, a more loving place? What, what, what are you doing to make that difference? How can we expect the difference and we're not willing to give of ourselves, right? So sometimes another thing that really helps me is when I, I have to think about, okay, what is the worst thing that can happen about this situation? Like public speaking, kind of like, oh, we want you to speak. What is the worst thing? I don't want to do it. You could just feel the fear instantly try to rise up in your chest, you know. So my my, it helps me to think about like, what's the worst thing that can happen? You know, death. You you fall down on the stage. Uh, you know. So normally, if you can deal with the worst thing, then it's like, well, okay, it minimizes the the effect it can have over you. Because a lot of times we're preconceiving um, we'll, 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 in advance being worried about something that may or may not happen, right? I remember when me and my friend, we had the revelation of going to go door to door, right? Because it just was on our hearts. Like we think like the church should be out, out in the communities, knocking on doors, like not just the Jehovah Witnesses, you know, but I think that the Christians should be doing it as well, seeing what the needs are. You know, if they're not coming to church, they're not coming to you, then you got to go out to them. You know, and we found ourselves going in houses and and being able to be relatable, pray right there with families, um, encourage families. But when we began our journey, we were afraid. Like we didn't know how people were going to receive us. We didn't know what was going to happen in that moment. And so, you know, we took all we knew is that God put it on our hearts and we were going to do something about it. And so we drove up to this community. 
you know? And uh, we like, now what do we do? Like, right? We both felt like we lacked boldness, but yet here we were. And just a little crazy idea of like, well, let's knock on all the doors that we see Santa Clauses. Because, you know, if they believe in Christmas, how bad can they be? And so we started with that premise and knocked on a door. And we were received, you know. Oh, the lady's like, oh, thank you. We knocked on another door. And next thing you know, you know, three hours had passed. We're like, wow. We've knocked on doors and and people uh, were like, wow. I was just sitting there saying, Lord, if you're real, give me a sign. And here we came knocking on the door. You just never really know, you know. And I must admit that I we had more fear to do this than what we actually experienced while doing it. So all that time we were being prevented of being a blessing and receiving a blessing, right, to feel the anointing of God flowing through you, being able to share the word of God, being able to encourage people, being able to pray for people. That was just like explosive. And we would have missed that opportunity of really feeling God in us and working through us because, oh, the fear of maybe they slam the door. I mean, out of our time uh, in that season, never had a door slammed and only recall one incident when we left someone a gift. It was a candle. And on the candle was the scripture that you are the Jesus is the light of the world. And we're like, we just want to come out and just, you know, um, you know, just greet people today and pray with them and just let you know that Jesus is the light of the world and that he loves you and that he died on the cross for you and that whenever you need him, this candle will, will remind you that you can always go to him. And if you don't know him, let this candle remind you to invite him in your heart. And, you know, she was like, she took the candle, said, thank you. And we're like, all right, God bless you. And as we were leaving, she threw, she started, like, manifesting, started yelling, you know, as we were walking further, you know, off her sidewalk, you know, to go to the next house. We could just hear this noise. And so I went back, like, uh, hello? I mean, like, did, was she trying to talk to us, right? And, I mean, she was furious through the candle and said, come get this candle. And I said, no, I wasn't going back in the yard. And uh, she ended up, uh, we just said, you know, you just have a blessed day. So we don't know what triggered her or what, but I pray that when she went in her yard to pick up that candle, she was reminded of the love of God because it was God who really touched us to go do that. And he did it because he wanted people to know that guess what? He loves them. And people won't know that 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 they are loved by God if mankind doesn't touch their heart. Right? You can keep telling a kid, I love you, but at some point they're gonna have to feel that love, feel the nurture of that love, the care of that that love, the consistency of that love, you know. And so the Bible tells us that the steadfast love of the Lord, it doesn't stop. Wow. Right? It doesn't stop. And at the end of every problem, you'll find God reaching his arms out to you with nothing but grace and mercy and love. But we don't know that kind of love. I, I, I sit sometimes and I, I wonder and I ponder God what kind of love 
Because I'm not was always nice. And still, some people might not think I am. But he loves me. And he keeps giving me chances. He, he wakes me up with fresh mercy. Right? And, and that's amazing. God is so faithful. And I think sometimes when I try to understand it in my, in my humanness, in my mind, I, I can't perceive that kind of love. And sometimes we're trying to feel that love through pain, right? Whether it's pain of a child, maybe you were hurt or harmed in some way, abused some way, physically, mentally, sexually, and, and, and trying to feel love around cement because we kind of put cement there to hide the pain of our hearts. And God's saying, I want you to, to, to let's, let's chip this away. I want to get to the heart of flesh. And I want you to know that I can protect you, that I can love you. And, and what makes it so beautiful is then that he helps us to be able to then love our children. It's kind of hard if you didn't feel very loved. It makes it hard to be able to love others. And if you have offspring or children, it makes you hard to really love them. And so we need God to come in and heal mankind. We need God to come in and really show us God's kind of love. Because we've had people in authority who we might have respected we might have experienced some harshness or some unlovable things. And so we tend to take away that maybe that's how life is. And so think of your cup again as like, wow, <laughs> uh, I, I want to fill it to overflowing. I got empty. I have a little bit, you know, but on my journey to filling up my cup. And so you kind of, they say that in order for you to really be whole and healed is that you've got to kind of admit where you are, right? You have to recognize that maybe you're not so lovable or kind. And that's why I love what, like when we read the, the fruit of the Spirit. When we read the fruit of the Spirit, it helps us to really begin to understand who the Spirit of God is what the expectation that God has for us so that we can walk in it and be very hard to walk in something and um, we not know. And if you ever want to find out what um, Galatians 5 and 22 begin, and 23 begins to tell us what the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of having the Holy Spirit, right? <laughs> what is the fruit of having an apple seed is apples, and the fruit of an of a, uh, orange seed would be orange. And the fruit of having the Holy Spirit living in you is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. So we don't have to live in the law when we have the fruit of the Spirit, when you're operating out of that. And, and the funny thing about fruit is that you may have all of those, 
none of those. A little bit, you may have, well, my, my, my joy is like at an eight, but my long suffering is a two. It's like being able to recognize where you are can only bring healing and improvement. But if you don't recognize that you might be lacking something or need to be improving in areas, and don't just say acknowledge, yeah, I need to improve and keep it moving. In what ways, ask yourself, am I going to sow seeds towards that improvement? Right? Like, I'm not going to lose five pounds by just acknowledging it. Now that I acknowledge that I need to lose five pounds, what things am I going to do? I'm going to make cut out sweets. I'm going to cut out soda. I might going to walk 30 uh, minutes a day, uh, you know, four days a week. So, and like, what steps can you take now, right, that can help shift you back to where it is that you say you want to be? realizing what you might be lacking or missing, right? So um, I was talking to someone today, and it's like, you know, sometimes just eating slower, uh, portion control. So you got to have an idea once you've acknowledged I need to lose the five pounds, then what steps possibly you could take so that you can maintain the vision. And so when we think about, you know, not giving up, where giving up is not an option, um, have, knowing how to fill your cup so that you don't get depleted and that you don't um, give from uh, a deficit, but that you're giving to others from a healthy overflow. Amen. And so we need to also, you know, another another technique is ce- celebrating. Like how many times do we just check off the list of things but don't really celebrate or be in the moment or in the experience? You know? So we're just kind of thinking about, hey, you know, trying to overcome um, a pessimistic mindset. You know, sometimes you need to ask yourself, is what I'm thinking true, right? Like, is what I'm spitting out there, is that just me talking? You know, is it really the truth? Hmm. When you say, for example, you know, I'm stupid. I can't do anything right. Okay. Um, you may feel that that's true, but our truth comes from the word of God. And God don't make junk. And so you may say that, and your body, I, I, I remember what um, Bruce Lee said, your body doesn't know if you're joking or not. Like your ears don't be like, oh, you know, everybody shut down because he's really joking. He doesn't mean he's stupid. No, your, your body doesn't do that. When, when, you, when, the, when your ears hear, I am stupid, it sends signals all throughout your body, and there's nothing positive that can come from that thought. And so we change the thought, and we begin to see changes in our life. So you say, wow, you know, maybe that wasn't a smart thing to do, but you're not stupid, right? So that's why we have to be careful that we don't tell kids, oh, you're stupid, you'll never amount to anything. No, the choices that you're making are really not healthy. 
right? But you are loved. You are smart. You are powerful. You you are wise. And so we want to use words, you know, you are strong. You are compassionate, right? You're forgiving. You know, we want to use words that can help empower us, empower our identity, empower, like, as we said, as a man begins to uh, speak in his heart, right? Then, you know, uh, so that that's what he believes. I, I'm thinking of the scripture as a man thinketh, so is he. But the scripture is out of the mouth speaketh the heart. And so a lot of times we can tell if your cup is empty or full, if you're pessimistic or optimistic, right, by the things that you speak, the words that you say. And so, our, you know, uh, once again, our words are powerful. And so we, we want to make sure that we are saying words that we want to see ourselves become. I don't want to become stupid, so I don't want to say I'm stupid. But I do want to become wiser and discerning of situations. So that's what I'm going to speak, that I can walk in this full cup mindset, you know, so asking yourself, you know, is that really a, a true statement? Is that a statement that God used in his word concerning me? If it's not, then you want to reject the thought, right? And so how can you re-talk? So how can you turn and, and you know, writing down and, um, and realigning the negative talk, right? Because we don't want that negative talk to become your way of being. Because soon you, you won't know that that's not who you are. <laughs> that, you'll, you'll start believing that you're stupid, right? So, so everything has an opposite, right? On, off, up, down, you know? Hate, love. There's always an opposite. So, so turn your negative words, find positive words, find the opposite words and use those. Amen. We've been talking today about um, what, is, what is the condition, how you view yourself. You know, what is the condition of your cup? Is it half empty? Is it half full? And then how do we begin to fill our cups up so that it's running over? So we were talking a little bit about that today, and I just want you to put these tools in, um, into action. And I know that you're going to have a powerful, powerful week. You've been listening to Never Give Up, <laughs> where giving up is not an option. I'm your host, Rochelle Jones. Remember to stay positive and speak what you want to become. God bless you. Have a great week.